Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Lisa H., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Today is Wednesday, May 3rd, 2023, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we're reading from the big book, and we are in the chapter into action on page 79. We'll be reading and commenting on the first full paragraph that begins, although these reparations take, and ending in we must not shrink at anything. Today's readers, and thank you for your service, the 12 Steps, Davlin E, 12 Traditions, Joni C, readers of the text, Ramona A, Vanessa G, and Katie G, Our newcomer greeter is Anne-Marie M., and our second hour host is Christine G. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, May 2nd, uh, 2023, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, it's 20,213. That's 20213. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, it's 20,000. 214, so that's 20214. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Davlin E. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning. My name is Davlin E, and I am a compulsive overeater living gratefully and joyfully in recovery in Manitoba, Canada. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you, Devlin E. And I will now ask Joni C. to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Joni C., gratefully recovered but not cured in Minnesota. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Joni C. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book 
on page 79, the first paragraph that begins, although these reparations take and ends, we must not shrink at anything and we'll be commenting on that one paragraph. And I will now ask Ramona A. to please begin reading. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is Ramona A. in Vermont, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and very, very grateful for that. So, although these reparations take innumerable forms, there are some general principles which we find guiding, reminding ourselves that we have decided to go to any lengths to find a spiritual experience, we ask that we be given strength and direction to do the right thing, no matter what the personal consequences may be. We may lose our position or reputation or face jail, but we are willing. We have to be. We must not shrink at anything. So when I read this paragraph, I, I related to a lot of it. Um, my amend did take many forms. And, you know, there were different forms for, um, you know, for the financial. You know, some were direct and personal. Some, you know, if I couldn't find a person, the person had passed away. Some were to charity. Um, and then there were many forms with people, too. Some were, some were direct. Some had to be letters, in a, you know, read at a cemetery or something of that nature. But this... Um, what I found, though, the most important piece of this paragraph is the willingness to go to any length. I had to throw any sense of pride to the wind, and and I couldn't say, I won't do that. Um, I did search in every way I could, you know, made phone calls, went to Facebook, did uh, made phone calls to wrong numbers, and I even used stand-ins. You know, found somebody who was understood and was sympathetic and, you know, could listen to my amends because that's what my guide, my uh, step guide at that time said that I needed to do. And I didn't, um, you know, I didn't come up with any of these solutions in my own thinking. I followed directly what my step guide had told me to do. And that's what worked. I just trusted that she knew best, and I was willing to go to any length for freedom from food. So with that, I was what I that was that was what I received: the freedom from food, and freedom from the memories of my wrongs that had haunted me for so long. And that was perhaps the greatest. I'm not sure if they, they are both both so important, but. I do the same now with anything that I remember, anything that comes to mind. I think it is so critical to just clean, clean up that mess from the past, and it's so freeing. So um, the result, though, there's just been this miracle, miracle of recovery and, and of being recovered. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ramona A., for getting us started. And although we value your experience, we do ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you've shared on any of the visions Monday or Tuesday, we ask you to hold back. And who would like to share on what was read? Janet B, New Jersey. Janet. 
Jen Reba A. P. Jen. Reba P. Reba. Dwight Laurel M. B. Okay, Dwight and who else? Laurel B. Laurel. K. K. And Laura. Okay, that's a great start. Um, I didn't get K's last initial, but you can give it to me when you share. I have Janet B, Jen A, Reva P, Dwight M, Laurel B, K, and Mara Z. So Janet B, please um, share with us, followed by Jen A. Hi, good morning. This is Janet B, recovered from compulsive eating in New Jersey. What a great paragraph. They say, reminding us we agreed to go to any length to have a spiritual experience. So I was just thinking, if I were like new on this line, I would say, okay, I just came here to stop eating. Why are they talking about, you know, this spiritual experience? Just give me the diet, give me the food plan, because that's how I was. Um, but what they've told us in our book is that the only way people like us, people like me could recover was by having a spiritual experience. I remember after seven years in OA when I still could not put the food down, even though I went to meetings. I went to this meeting where you were allowed to ask questions, and I said, I've been in the program for seven years, and I still can't stop binging. And this old-timer said to me, you may have been going to meetings for seven years, but you've not been in the program, and then proceeded to tell me that the Janet I was could never stop binging. I had to become essentially a new creation, a new Janet. Well, how could I do that? I couldn't make myself change. I couldn't turn a caterpillar into a butterfly. And what I learned was these steps result in a change, result in a spiritual experience. And what does that even mean? It means that God comes in and rewires my heart so that my priorities are no longer the selfish, self-centered priorities. I start thinking about God. I start caring about other people. And then the illness of compulsive eating can't exist anymore. It's like um, plants can only grow in a certain type of soil. The illness of compulsive eating could only grow in like my soul soil of selfishness and self-centeredness. But when I surrendered to God, surrendered to these steps, God came in and rewired my heart, which was basically like serving the illness of compulsive eating in eviction notice. And that is the only thing that ever worked for me, a spiritual experience. And I'm so blessed and grateful for that. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janet B. And Jen A., you're up, followed by Reba P. Good morning. This is Jen A., um, recovered in Colorado. Thank you, God, for your grace and mercy in saving a girl like me. Um, this paragraph is key for me, you know. It says um, on the page before, if I allow any fear to remain in me, I'm going to drink again. I think I'm going to eat again. And that these fears are, are, are tacked down by not wanting to do the amends. I better think twice. And um, so these general principles in here that guide me, um, guide me back to who? The last, um, almost the second to the last sentence is a prayer. I'm asking God. I'm going to God. He's giving me the strength. Remember, I said, um, I'm powerless over whatever it may be, the amends, the harms that I've done to people. My life has become unmanageable due to it. Only thee can restore me to sanity, so I turned it over to God. And now I have to actually physically go out and do the amends. I have to take care of the damage of the past. 
you know, for me, that might have looked like a ream of paper that I took from an office, a bike, um, a bike, uh, uh, I can't even think of the name of it, but um, a bike rack um, that I stole and kept um, from somebody that sat in my garage for five and a half years because I thought I was so angry at them, yet I had really hurt them and needed to amend my behavior and return their bike rack. Or how about the police report that I falsified against an actual human being that I had to go back to a district attorney and say to her, this is wrong. I have made this up completely. And then I had to be arrested and serve jail time for two days. You know, um, every amends is going to be different. But the one word that I cling to in this paragraph is ask, A-S-K. This book is full of asks. I don't know how many there are. You can look them up. But what I know is the ASK acronym for me means three things. A, God gives me an awareness, an awareness that something needs to change or that I've done something or something's not right. And the S for me means I'm going to seek him out and surrender my will and my life over to him. That's what this is about on a daily basis. And the K means that he's going to give me the knowledge on how to carry that out. And right here, I'm praying and I'm asking that I be given strength and direction to do the right thing, no matter what the personal consequence might be, no, how, no matter how small it is or no matter how big it is. I'm going to get the direction. So as I plan each um, amends carefully, I have to meet my obligations, um, admit that I cheated, lied, stole, and faced my crimes. It's not easy. But I'll tell you what, six years later into recovery, almost seven I'm so grateful for the courage and strength that my God has given me to face each day, to face each person, and to face each amends that I've ever had to do. Um, I don't cower or, or add amends anymore. In fact, I actually made one this last couple of weeks, and I like to make them because they get me right with myself, right with God, and right with others, which is what keeps me free from this obsession. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Jen A. And Reva P., you're up, followed by Dwight M. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Toronto. Um, This business of willing to go to any lengths. um, You know, in the past, um, a lot of the amends were, were way better and easier than I thought. But I'm in the process of doing an amend that I'm finding really challenging and when I hear willing to go to any lengths, that means being willing to do the thing that I really don't want to do, being willing to do the thing that's hard and uncomfortable. Um, this is not about um, doing all this so I can feel comfortable, so I can, you know, feel good. It's to have a spiritual experience and clear the blocks between me and my higher power. Um, and yeah, I ask for strength and direction and I get guidance. Um, from those who've gone before me. But what strikes me a lot is I don't shrink. You know, shrink, I can feel myself getting smaller when I get scared. Um, And I was in conversation with this person yesterday um, doing the amends, and it was so tempting. It's so tempting to go backwards because of the fear. Um, It was really tempting. And you know what? It's such a great reminder. No. I can't. There's no going backwards. There's no going backwards at all in this program. The whole growth process, the whole recovery process is always about this gentle pushing from behind by my higher power because I need to keep growing in um, 
and strength and effectiveness. Um, yeah, there's there's no backwards. Um, so I'm grateful for the guidance um, of others. I'm grateful to know that I don't do this alone. God does give me strength and direction. I know that from my past. And it's not about me. It's feeling better all the time. Some of them feel pretty icky, but it doesn't matter. Um, just do it anyway. Um, so with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. And Dwight M., you're up, followed by Laurel B. Hi, good morning. Dwight M., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Springfield, Ohio. Uh, thank you for everyone on the line for your service. I appreciate you. I couldn't be abstinent without you. And that's part of what I wanted to talk about today is whenever I first started the 12 steps, I was asked, do you want to recover? Can you do it alone? And are you willing to go to any lengths? And that's uh, what I needed to realize is, yes, I did want to recover. I can't do it on my own. I have to have you all with me and my higher power with me. And then I am willing to go to any lengths. And um, the reason we're willing to go to any lengths is that spiritual experience that we get. I kind of liken it to the time when we were in elementary school and uh, it was the summer vacation and the, the final bell rang and we could run outside onto the playground. It was a beautiful sunny day that uh, you go out and you feel that wind and that air and you feel that freedom that God gives you whenever you make amends for your past because God takes that guilt away and the guilt and the shame and the remorse are washed away and you're cleansed and you're free and you're free to have this spiritual experience and you're free to be able to, to go and be of service to others. And that is a feeling that I have associated with the spiritual experience that I've been able to have through the 12 steps it doesn't always happen dramatically, as we know from the spiritual experience appendix in the back there, but gradually we uh, clear away the wreckage of our past and we get, get the freedom to be of service to God and to others. I'm really grateful for that experience, and I'm grateful that uh, we have a, a proven method that really works, a design for living that really works. Thanks again for keeping me abstinent and for your service. Take good care. Bye-bye. Thank you, Dwight M., and Laurel B., you're up, followed by Kay. Hi, this is Laurel B., recovered compulsive overeater in Wakanda, Illinois. Grateful for your service. Um, this paragraph to me is about cleaning up the wreckage of my past. And wreckage is a good description of what I did. When I was embroiled in my addiction, I caused harm without having any concern for the people I harmed. I sold food from the church. I had to write them a letter of amends and had to make a donation along with it. It wasn't easy, but it was something I had to do to make things right and become closer to God and start caring about other people. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Laurel B. And Kay, you're up, if you'll remind us of the first initial of your last name, followed by Maura Z. Good morning. This is KS. Uh, gratefully okay. recovered in Sure, in North Carolina. Whew, this is a big one for me today, and I'm probably going to cry. <laughs> my um, my daughter and I have had a very fraught relationship. She's 36. She's a single mom. And um, she grew up with a morbidly obese mother, and we all know that. We've all, you know, the family knows that. But in, in this recovery process and knowing you know, in, in the process of making amends, um, this is this is a really really tough one. Um, 
she she exhibits all the toxicity and resentment and pain of someone who grew up in an addictive home. And it's very hard to be around her. Um, and I help her. I feel, you know, trying to make healthy boundaries of the way that I help her and her kids and that whole situation. Um, but this, this look, ugly wound has just been festering in her um, and it's caused a, a great distance between us. And I've been praying uh, about this so much because it's just really painful. Um, realizing, um, like like Bill says, that the root of this is selfishness and self-centeredness. And that, I think, that's been the hardest part of this recovery for me is that realization. It's so painful because, you know, for years I've pointed to the addiction, I've pointed to food, the behavior of being powerless, but it's really, it is rooted in selfishness, selfish decisions, selfish choices, not caring about others, really, caring about me, wanting to help others because I want to be, you know, recovered or because I want to be thought of in a, in a good way, whatever. Um, but the selfishness, that, that realization is so deeply painful because it really does display that this is a character defect and I don't have any power over it. I, I don't have a choice. The selfishness is just there. I can't do anything to remove it. And Bill says we can't even reduce it very much. So to realize this has been a huge revelation. And this really came through, uh, I had a conversation with my daughter last night, and I'm kind of calling it the, the first thaw, because in this immense process, which I'm praying about with her, I was able to stand with her in a parking lot and be quiet and listen and give her the space to share really for the first time in a long, long time, her pain and resentment and what it was like for her growing up. And it was so hard, but I stood there. I didn't, I didn't defend myself. I didn't point to her behavior. I just let her talk. And it's just the beginning. There's a lot to be done, but she said she felt, for the first time, she felt validated in her feelings. And I realized that I hadn't given her that gift because I was too worried about defending myself or making excuses for my behavior. Oh, I was sick. I was addicted. I was numb. I was a zombie. Yeah, that's all true. But the bottom line is it affected other people in a grave way. And I'm so, so grateful that this happened. I was just stunned when I drove away. I thought this is totally God. And it's a miracle. And with that. Thank you, K.S. And Mara Z, please share with us. Good morning, Mara Z in Virginia. Gratefully recovered and um, starting my timer. Um, I had an amends to make to my younger sister and Unfortunately, she passed before I got into program. So I didn't know how to make amends. And, of course, I couldn't speak to her directly. Several people had told me, write a letter. And I poo-pooed it for years. I thought, that's not it. I need to be flagellated. I need to be whipped. I need to be whatever. I need to be punished. I need to make these amends in a way that I'm you know, really, you know, take responsibility for what I had done. And I had to come to the realization that that was not going to happen. Um, 
that I had to rely on the fact that we had had a brief conversation two weeks before she passed um, in which I made an apology. But that was before I was in program, and I don't know. I've never felt like that was sufficient. I always thought, you know, I need to be hurt more. I need to be feeling pain more or whatever. I finally took the advice of a, of a, I don't know which sponsor, number 42, that told me to write a letter, and I did write the letter. I shared it with my therapist um, first, and then because I still carried it with me, that I hadn't done it right, I did subsequently share it with the sponsor, with whom I felt really safe. And I finally found the release and the relief I was looking for. And it was extraordinarily painful to read that letter. Not once, but twice. But when I read it with my sponsor finally, and I didn't get judged, and I wasn't thought of as a pariah, um, she extended grace to me in that space. And that has proven to be the most powerful amends um, that I've ever made. And it did allow me then, because I was so grateful to God, to welcome him in at a level that I had never done before. And that's what it's all about, is having that spiritual experience. Um, we decided to go to any lengths to find a spiritual experience. And I'm so grateful that I was finally granted that and was able to truly move on with my program and do the work correctly. Um, and and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Maura Z. And um, we are on page 79 in the chapter Into Actions. And we have read and we're sharing on the first full paragraph, although these reparations take and end, we must not shrink at anything. And who else would like to share this morning? Carmela G. Carmela. Vasa O. Jim. Vasa. Jim S. in Toledo. Jim S. Priscilla H. Roger B. Did you say Roger? Roger. Roger that. Okay, thanks. Gotcha, Roger. Okay, anybody else? Anita J. Anita. Maybe there was one more person trying to get in. I can't hear you. Alice W. Alice. Okay, Alice, I gotcha. Okay, I have Carmela G, Vasa O, Jim S, Priscilla H, Roger V, Anita J, and Alice W. Hope we get to everybody. Carmela, you're up, followed by Vasa. Thank you. Thank you, everyone on the line, those who shared, those listening, and our dedicated moderator. Reminding ourselves that we have decided to go to any lengths. When I entered this program almost 10 years ago soon, um, I was desperate, truly desperate, and I was willing to go to any lengths. I didn't know anything about the program. I just knew I wanted to lose weight. The journey has 
helped me learn because working this program every day and through my higher power, he's given me the awareness. He's allowing the knowledge to come in and letting me absorb things that I hear and things that I need, um, provided I stay open and willing. And that willingness means I need to smash my ego And that self-righteous indignation is a tough thing. But when I did my initial amends, the first person I went to balked and said, no, 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 I deserved all of that rage that you... I said, no, I was there to teach you, not belittle you. The way I did it was wrong, and for that I amend my behavior. I change my behavior. I need to know that I am an imperfect being. I am not that person sitting equal to God the way I thought. And this program has taught me that. And the gift that he gives me back every day is he allows me. Just sitting here listening this morning, I thought of two things, two other amends that I will need to make, and the persons are deceased, but it's not too late. I can amend, make an amends to them, and I can continue, which I do, pray for them. And that is what this program has taught me, and that is what this eight step um, does for me every day. So I live not just in 10, 11, and 12, but I must be aware and live in the steps as I journey every day. And with that, I pass, and thank you all. Thank you, Carmela G. And Vasa O, you're up, followed by Jim S. Thank you, Lisa H., for your service, and good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And this is a good paragraph. It's another reminder. That's why I keep coming. I need to be reminded of all these things, the steps, the tools, everything. Everybody shares. I can identify. When I came to the program, there was nothing more that I wanted than to stop eating the way I was eating. The food had me by the throat. I've been trying trying to put the, the food down for 25 years. I, need every, I did everything I heard or read, and nothing worked. And uh, I was ready, and I was willing to surrender. And my sponsor said to me, the only way you can do it, we have to surrender to a power greater than, than ourselves. I couldn't do it by myself. No other human being could have done it for me. And I was ready and willing to surrender. And uh, and I needed to find a power greater than myself. I said, whatever, whatever the higher power is, God, higher power, I am ready and I'm willing. And that was my first surrender to God. And I've, you know, and I've, and with everything that I go through, I no matter what I go through, I stay abstinent. Because I know if I don't do this work that's uh, suggested for me to do, I would back and go back into the food, and I don't ever, ever go back there again. I don't want to die. I've seen people suffer in my family, 
and dying from it. So this is, we're talking more about the resentments today. I've done most of my resentments, but one of the hardest resentments is with my daughter. And I've gone to counseling about it, and um, I've done all the work. I've made amends, written amends to forgive me for my wrongs I've committed my lifetime. And uh, she's very closed, and she doesn't want to have to do anything with me, her dad, or anybody else, you know. She's just very angry, very angry. Uh, I think it started when I had my second child. She was angry because she hated me since then, her baby brother, because um, we that attention was taken away from her, given to somebody else. And, again, she's sick. She's sick. And she needs help, like I've, like the help I've been getting in my programs, and I've made my amends. I did grow up in an alcoholic home. I did the best that I could with the tools that I had, and now she's got to deal with she's got to deal what I'm going through, and but she's not willing, or if she's willing, maybe she's doing something wrong, I, something different than what I'm doing. But anyways, it hurts so bad, you know. But I've been able to put her in God's hands and pray for her and love her. And uh, and that's one of the hardest amends. And I did it. And I would, I would do 150 more amends. But she's too angry. She's too resentful. And I have to put her in God's hands and let her go and go on with my life and my recovery and with the rest of the family. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. And Jim S., you're up, followed by Priscilla H. Yeah, my name is Jim S. I'm in Toledo, Ohio. Um, I started slacking um, on my prayer at night, and um, I was loosening my grip on how I eat my noon meal, and... um, Things started to happen, uh, consequences, and by the time I got home, I um, started binging, but I was able to stop when it came to one particular item that uh, I cried to God uh, a few weeks ago that I would stop binging, and I was able to stop and um I, I I didn't think I would be um I would have anything this morning, um any recovery, but I'm just so grateful that I didn't fully relapse. And uh I'm gonna try better. I have one thing with I have a nutritionist that um I don't like following her advice and um so I still struggle with that, but um I'm just grateful that the uh, release I gave to this whole thing um, was able to keep me from uh, relapsing. And I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have anything left if I would have given in last night. So I'm just grateful. um, I'm going to continue to work my program. And um, I'm thankful for everybody that's tried to help me. And, um, I'm just going to enjoy this day because that's what life is about. It's about enjoying the day. And I'll pass with that. Thank you. 
Thank you, Jim F. And Priscilla H., you're up, followed by Roger V. Hi, I was unmuting. I, I think you called on me. This is Priscilla H. in New Jersey. Grateful to be uh, recovered and recovering today, but never cured from my eating disorder. And, uh, oh, my goodness, I love this paragraph. I never, in all of my trips through the big book before, I never noticed before how this paragraph ties together the house cleaning steps and the spiritual experience. I've only in recent years come to recognize that it's not about the food, it's about the spiritual experience. It is about the food, but it isn't. It's about a spiritual transformation. And um, and this paragraph points it out. And I I like to think of the uh, the house cleaning metaphor that is used in the big book because when I was a pretty young child, my mother began to teach me how to clean house. She had a little um, sense of humor, and she said, Honey, there are three types of house cleaning. There's type A, which is where we we scrub anything that looks um, has fingerprints, and we move the furniture and vacuum under it and behind it, and we go to just tremendous lengths to clean house. Now, we only did that about once a year, or we did that if company was coming, which that, to me, that's, that is working through steps four through nine, the house cleaning steps, type A, thorough, and that's what leads to a spiritual experience. And she said, uh, there's also type B, house cleaning, and that's where we just kind of tidy up, and if we... We see a spill, we clean it up, and uh, we might dust something that needs it, but we don't go to huge lengths. We just kind of do that every day. And to me, that's, that would be steps 10 in, in uh, the nightly review and step 11, the daily house cleaning. And then she said, of course, there's type C house cleaning. That's where we close the blinds. And she would say that with a little laugh. Of course, we never did that type of house cleaning. But if I do type C house cleaning, just close the blinds, I'm not going to have the spiritual experience that is promised here if I do um, amends. And so I need to be, I need to continue to look for um amends that I have not made, and every now and then one crops up that I never was aware of before. So thanks for letting me share, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Priscilla H. and Roger V. You're up, followed by Anita J. Roger V. in Koreatown, Los Angeles. Good morning, OA family. Oh, my gosh, this is um, amends. When I was newly sober, probably 36, 37 years ago, I wrote a letter to my boss and um, I, my parents had gone away and I ate all my meals out and put them on the business. And I said, he said, are these expenses legitimate? And I said, you can pay all of it, some of it, none of it. And I told him that I had stolen from the company 
and I leveled my pride. And, you know, this program, it's an education without graduation. I can learn from the person that has three months, one day. You know, I have to remain teachable. And when I level my pride and humble myself before God and before my fellows, that's when God can come in and rewire my heart and make things better. You know, um, even a couple of months ago, I was seeing a doctor and she said that I told her, I, I, I cried and said, I don't have any money, please treat me. And no, my wife and I are separated. I may not have access to my money, but I have plenty of money. And it's it's total BS. And I went back to her and said, listen, I think I ran, ran up a $2,000 bill with you. You let me know what I owe you. You know, and when I surrender to God, that's when when it gets better, you know. And, you know, I'm an old guy and... I I remember I took a girl to Las Vegas and was inappropriate like 40 years ago. Uh, I think I remember her name, you know, now with these kind of searches they have and stuff. Maybe I could find her. I I wouldn't know what her married name is or whatever. But I think about that. And if I can't find her, it says we change, we get a new sex ideal of what we want our life to look like going forward. So if you can't make the amends, you can make the amends to God and say, God, I don't want to live this way anymore. You know, I can't, he can, please do change me. And the amends are so powerful. When I went to my parents, when my dad was still living and said, you know, these are the things I did when I was living in your house. And my dad said, Oh my gosh, I didn't know this stuff. Thank you for sharing this. And you know, when he died, I was clean with him, and that is such a good feeling. So I still comb through my life because in one week shy of 70 years old, you know, you got to know there's a lot of wreckage. And, you know, sometimes I think like my my second, my oldest friend, I thought I owed him an amends, and my sponsor said, no, you don't owe him an amends. He tried to tell you how to do something and you don't owe him an amends. And that's why I go before God and a sponsor, because left to my own devices, I don't do the right thing still. And I need to be right-sized. Thank you guys for paying a 12-step call on me. I love the program. I love God. And I love how my, my new life, I'm, I'm not the man that walked into these rooms. And, and I thank you guys for, for paying a 12-step call on me. You guys have a great morning, a great day, and a great week. And God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you, Roger V. And Anita J., you're up, followed by Alice W. Thank you. Thank you. This is Anita J. in uh, Massachusetts. You know, uh, a full amends is what I'm thinking about because um, past measures. Um, My father, when my children, my two two children were little, he would buy savings bonds, and because they were minors, there would be their name and then mine. It's like the caretaker. And um, so I never liked to be told no. This was back when I still couldn't figure out things with my husband. And um, I would just cash a bond. I would just cash a bond and get what my husband had had said no to. And uh, so when I made, the first time I made an amend about this, it was to my father. 
And his response was, oh, I always knew you'd do something like that. And that was that. And I thought, oh, anyway, that was kind of a left-handed acceptance of this. But I never got any real relief. And it wasn't until I think it must have been at least 10 years later that I realized the person you really need to make the amends to are the two children. You've got to figure out how much you owe these kids. And not only what they what the face value was then, there's interest now. And um, anyway, I did it. And the funny thing is that those kids, I never knew how gracious they were because they both had, they both said, oh, mommy, you're so generous with us. You do so many things for us. But I said, that doesn't count. That was, I was doing that because I wanted to do it. This is a separate issue. This is a money issue. And I owe you. And um, that's when I felt the relief after I paid them off. And um, so that's all I wanted to say. Thank you. Thank you, Anita J. And Alice W., you're up. Hello. Um, can you hear me okay? Um, yes, you're yes, excellent. You well. Excellent. Thank you. Um, hi, Alice W., a recovered compulsive Rita in the U.K., um, North Yorkshire, where it's very sunny. Um, what a lovely meeting and such fantastic reading and I just suddenly, it just came to me that, you know, I'd, I'd really like to share on this that, um, you know, before I came to recovery this time round, I was so in my iron rigid will of Alice and Alice being right and blaming everyone else and um, just so strong, my, my will. And, you know, it talks about willing to go to any length. Um, it's just about unblocking me from, from my higher power you know, what came to me in this meeting is is me with God and me without God. Um, and it says in the big book, an alcoholic in their cups is a very unlovely creature. And that's uh, definitely me without God. And this is a spiritual solution for me. It's like you can't be half pregnant. You know, it's kind of that this is the all or nothing deal, which I never got because I was so stuck in me being right and blaming others and clinging to resentment and being addicted to resentments, actually. Um, and I, I cause a lot of harm when I don't have God, you know, with the, with the, with all the blocks of that. And, um, someone said once about start raving abstinence, that's exactly what I have. If I don't have the spiritual solution, if I'm not working the steps, if I'm not doing all this work and following the suggestions and going to any length. I'm start raving abstinence in food control or diet with group support, someone once said, um, you know, or I'm unavailable and asleep and numb in a food coma. You know, either one, I'm causing harm to people around me. Um, and I'm kind of crazy because it's all about Alice. It's all about what I want. Um, and I can go there, you know. So this is like, um, that's sort of... I wake up, I'm untreated, I do the things that are suggested, I come round, I need that time with God in the morning, my my quiet time, um, there's, there are things that I have to do, and um, 
you know, and uh, to, to get in that alignment. And then I can also go off like I did the other day in my head and, uh, you know, and uh, an old behavior comes back. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm really grateful for the progress. Um, funnily enough, since I've been recovered, it's like taking the time um, since being recovered for a lot of healing uh, to start to happen. Um, and yeah, I thought it was just for the food. I came just to stop binging my head off. And it's definitely way more than that. Um, the problem is in me. Um, the food is the food was my solution. Um, but the food, uh, thank God, is not my solution today. Um, my higher power is the solution and the steps and, and, and all the work within this program. And so, yeah, I'm just I'm just really grateful and grateful to have on this line and I wanted to share because I just need to join in and um you know I get nervous about sharing that's my ego and actually I just need to be part of because my disease is isolation and disconnection so I'll leave it there thank you I thank you Alice W and we have time for one more share if anyone would like to take it Sarah Kay from Israel Sarah Kay, please share with us. Yeah, sure. Hi, uh, Sarah Kay calling from Israel, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And I'm um, just so grateful for this meeting and for all of you on the line. Um, and what I, what I got out of this meeting and, um, and today's reading is that I, I can't do this program without God's power. And um, for me, it's no different than the food. I need to ask and pray every day for help, and, um, you know, um, I have this bondage of fear of what others are going to think of me, and, um, you know, what it means to um, make these amends, but I want this relationship, I want this relationship with God, and I, and I trust God for the, for the outcome, and, um, you know, this doesn't happen, you know, with my power, it, it, it really, it's just like with the food. I, you know, day by day, just treading this, this journey and, um, you know, slowly, slowly, just, just asking every day, every, every hour for help. And um, it's getting me more free. And um, I just, I just don't want anything to stand in the way of me and God and this, um, and this beautiful friendship. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much. Thank you, Sarah Kay. And thank you to everyone who shared this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Wednesday, May 3rd, 2023, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 20,222. That's 20222. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Vanessa G., will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you to everyone who shared this morning. My name is Vanessa G., and I am a recovered OA in New Mexico. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God's will will disclose more to you and to us. 
Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then. <laughs>